So yeah, I can be a pilot. At the Air Force Academy, I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit. You have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can put down all areas of life. That's just where you got to compete. Welcome to Thin Air. All right, everybody, welcome to the FNBA podcast. It is June 21st, 2020. It's been quite a while since we've done this, but times are getting tough. We're all getting bored with the uh, coronavirus lockdown and not being able to go and do things. So desperate times cause for desperate measures. And we're trying to not only provide you guys entertainment, but it entertains ourselves when we do this. So Kamish, what is going on? Not much. I've escaped the... uh... The clutches of COVID hasn't um, hit me, but do have to wear a mask. I realize my breath smells a lot more f- frequently than I really had ever anticipated. But other than that, man, it uh, it's I mean, it kind of goes without saying that it's weird times, and and not only that, but had COVID not been going on, this would be a relatively dead time for stuff that's going on at the academy. But I, it's crazy because we're around the time when the cadets should be there. I know you had said you thought maybe the cadets were getting there today, which could be the case. Um, but I, it's, I had to do the math, man. 2024 is reporting. Does that make you feel old? Uh, let's put it this way. It gets us, I don't, people probably know, maybe they don't, but it gets us close at least to being a decade from having graduated once they graduate. Uh, which is pretty crazy to think of. So really when they're going to be starting to graduate or within plus or minus a few years is when I know me and you will be the first ones to buy our tickets to our 10-year reunions and go sit down at the table at mid and really get uh, an understanding of what's going on since we've left. Oh, uh, yeah, those were classic. On reunion weekends is what he's referencing. And you'd sit down to a delicious meal of chicken Caesar wraps, and then they'd they'd ask you questions about how stuff had changed, and it's like, well, we have cell phones. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was never a fan of. Uh, it, there were actually a few guys that were pretty cool, but in general, I'd prefer. For this might sound mean, but I prefer for there not to be a reunion guy at my table because you just feel like you know you can't be yourself. Like I can't dip the second after they report in and go to Subway. Yeah. That is true. They always have a lot of questions about what's going on. I feel like I don't have that many questions. I don't, I don't really care. The one thing I did see, uh, we got sent a video of a pretty smart cadet bringing his entire refrigerator to Mitch's um, to load up. And I know that there were questions about what was going on with the uniform because he was wearing like a ABU. Although I think they have OCPs now, but regardless, he was wearing a tan shirt with uh, PC shorts, which Someone had said that that's the way that they are tracking who's in quarantine and who isn't. So I don't, I don't even know what the policy is. If they're quarantining you when you come back, how are they doing leave? I feel like there's a lot of stuff that inquiring minds want to know, and we don't know the answer to. You know what's an interesting thing to think about is, because obviously every cadet has to wear a uniform, but once you're there for a long time, you kind of get a feel for how certain people wear certain uniforms, you know, does the guy have a cardboard circle in his ABU hat? So it's perfectly in tune. I wonder if 
same the same kind of concept has rolled over into the mask wearing, assuming they have to wear masks. I wonder if there's a uniform mask that they all have to wear the same exact thing, or you know, you see the uh, the honor guard wearing their their A jackets with their ABU shorts. I wonder if the honor guard honor guard has like special masks with their class year on it or something, or their ribbon rack on it that other people don't. That's actually a really good point. I did see uh, General Silveria went down to the prep school for, I think it was a retirement ceremony for the commander or something of the prep school. And he had an OCP mask, which was pretty cool. But that does bring up a really good point. Like, what could you make a mask out of? I think a nice a nice little, like, crotch segment out of the parade dress pants that could be clean. Um, I don't know. I think that'd be good. Yeah, you it would do, be like, cool to make I- one out of um, a PC shirt. Just get the Safa across your face. Yeah, like, do the ICs have, you know, Gatorade masks that other people don't? Like, do the ICs get that kind of special treatment like they have the Gatorade bottles? Dude, that was a really funny lane when uh, COVID start, first started picking up and you would see tutorials on how to make masks. And I saw some guys, like, Hypebeast type things you making, like, off-white masks and stuff and i i don't know i think it's a it's a really interesting lane but i guess i don't know what's funny is when uh at the base i'm currently at they started originally when masks were going down they're like hey donate your old abus your old flight suits your old uh abu shirts and we're gonna make masks out of them and i'm like you do not want anything to do with my old ABUs or my old ABU shirts. Cause I personally been out of the Academy for a few years now. I I'm still rocking the same ABU shirts I got freshman year. So I don't think you want to be breathing that in no matter how much you wash that thing. Yeah. And my whole thing is I did not know that America was this crafty. I didn't know that there were that many sewing machines. Cause I feel like everybody is, making masks and that brings up a good point too it's like we're really testing the the breathability of this material um because i just can't see a pair of winter weight abus uh making for a very good mask but i mean whatever those guys that uh, work out in the cadet gym or used to work out in the cadet gym with those altitude training masks on and we all used to Mm -hmm. make fun of them looks like they have the last laugh because we're all kind of doing the same thing what did they know that we didn't? I think they knew about COVID a long time ago. Is really Which them down to. Question, like, whose side are they on? You know? Yeah. I do. I do wonder. Um, and I mean, this just goes to show that we don't really have any moles anymore at the Academy who can let us know exactly what's going on. But I would like to know what precautions they're kind of taking. Like, is it even realistic that they quarantine a bunch of kids coming straight out of high school? Um, for two weeks before they actually do anything and what exactly does that look like because I can't you would be bored out of your mind if they gave you basic rules where they took everything away from you and you just had to sit in a room where do they start doing I think the best thing would just make them do ADLS and then we could bring in like the behavioral science department and see who just absolutely goes off the deep end if they had a two-week period where you just sat in your room there was no you weren't getting beat there's no knowledge or anything like that. But you just had to sit in your cadet room and basically try and entertain yourself with contrails. I think the attrition rate would be higher than we've ever seen all the way back to like the academy starting point because people would just be like, I need to get out of here. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I don't know. So I think it's 
I think it's interesting. And I don't know when they are reporting, like we said. Another thing that I had thought of is if they just completely forewent basic, what would that look like? Bunch of jewelries just, uh, you know, not being stacked. I think that could be problematic to some. But they'd be in for a rude awakening when it came time for recognition. Although recognition was canceled last year, right? I think it was. Man, not my academy. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to know the logistical nightmare that basic training is. And uh, I'm, I'm sure some old grads are punching the air right now, finding out that the what they consider easy basic already getting easier. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I just, I can't picture uh, social distancing on the leadership reaction course. Like, how do you, how do you support somebody who's like 10 feet off the ground while also maintaining distance? I mean, it's problematic. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, we're going to get into some other topics today. We might talk a little bit of Air Force football. We'll probably yeah. talk a little bit about some uh, academy and the news and that kind of stuff. One thing I did want to touch on um, on a more serious note before we get back to typical FNBA business is um, a 2017 graduate, first lieutenant, uh, Cage Allen, who's an F-15C pilot, uh, recently died in a mishap this week. So obviously uh, a lot of details still outstanding and we're by no means going to speculate or or anything like that uh, in this conversation. But we did just want to kind of pay our respects and point people in the right direction if they're looking for a way to support. Um, so if you basically Google First Lieutenant Kenneth Cage Allen USAF Memorial Fund, GoFundMe, the first link there, uh, it's it's a team fundraiser. It looks like they are, uh, the family um, set this up. And if you're looking to donate and just be able to help them out in this tough time, then you can you can point, point yourself to that direction. But Obviously, we just wanted to keep him and his family in our thoughts and prayers as they kind of work through this tough time. Um, you know, 2017 grad, so pretty fresh out of the academy, uh, doing what he was he was trying to do for his whole life and become a fighter pilot. So, um, yeah, we just want to kind of talk about that before we get back to typical FNBA business. Do you have any additions there? Yeah, man. I mean, here's a toast. It's It's crazy. It really puts it into perspective, like how quickly out of the academy and i'm sure if you're a cadet um you know it may seem really far off just realizing that you know you're it's it's a while before the real world kind of comes up but now that we're a few years removed and i don't i mean i know we joke and say that we feel old but i don't feel that old and to have him younger than us and and uh pass away you know while serving his country it's um it's it's really tough to deal with and i know he left behind a wife and obviously his family. So like you said, I just want to echo that um, thoughts and prayers go out to them. And, and it's, it's terrible, but this is, you know, it's, it's what people are uh, signing up to do. So he, I know he didn't lose his life in vain um, in service to his country as, as like you said, as a fighter pilot. So um, focus on the good things and legacy and just remember him as he deserves to be remembered. Yeah. Good point. It's, um, even when you're not at the academy, but especially when you're just going through the, the daily routine at the academy, it's very easy to just get tied up in, you know, I have a math test tomorrow or I have AFT next week or I have to quarantine for two weeks, whatever the case is. But it is always good to kind of reflect on um, what we do have and, and, and the people out there that are making the sacrifices for us to be able to kind of continue living the way that we are living. So we did want to just kind of touch base on that and and all the best to uh, his family here going forward. Um, let's get into some academy football talk. So 
commission over here did a little deep dive into the schedule and he noticed uh, maybe a little bit of an abnormality in this year's football schedule versus some things we've seen in the past and not to mention but some things that we have personally criticized in the past so um, you want to kind of give us some details on what you noticed there yeah so one thing that i thought was really interesting and this kind of made me wonder it's one of those things that you don't really think about and you always kind of think oh i know college football but then you're like, wait a minute, how does this actually work? And so what I'm kind of referencing is the scheduling. So what we've done in the past, obviously, is we got into the system where we would play an FCS team in week one, and then week two, we would have our bye. And then in week three, uh, we would play either a power five team or we would play the team that's in a high visibility recruiting area, and we would play it in like an NFL stadium. So when we played... Um, like FAU, for example, a few years ago, and then obviously Colorado, uh, Michigan, and then many years ago now, uh, Oklahoma and things like that. And so what that would do, I think, is it gave us a chance to get the win by just sheer brute force over parents weekend in week one. And um, we didn't really have to, to show our hand too much. And then we would be able to rest and focus on that power five team and then hopefully give them a run for their money. Now, we weren't able to beat Michigan. We weren't able to beat Oklahoma when we played them, although in a lot of ways we kept those games close. Um, And then we were able to beat Colorado last year in overtime, which was awesome. Um, But then we had to play Boise State six days after that Colorado game. um, And that loss basically meant that we didn't control our destiny for the rest of the season because they are Mountain Division rivals. So after that loss, we were kind of dependent on how they were going to play. And Boise State really ran away with it. So um, that was kind of a tough thing to see. And I just find it really interesting that this season, we don't have our bye in week two. So we played Duquesne first, and then we played Boise State in week two. Um, And then we go on to play Purdue as our power five matchup, if you will, after that. So um, what I like about it is that we're just getting that game done. Um, so we still kind of get the benefit of Boise State not having a lot of film on us, but it kind of goes both ways. But we really, I think, know what to expect with a team like Boise State. Um, and then I can't even really see on the schedule. I think we have, so this is interesting, we have our bye um, after Wyoming and before Army because we play Wyoming on October 24th and then we play Army on November 7th. And so I think that this is going to be a really, really interesting um, kind of development. And I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how far out. I know that we get teams on the schedule several years out. So we already know what Power 5 teams are playing in like 2023 and stuff, um, or I guess non-conference teams that we're playing. But this, to me, is a sign that we are ready to realign our goals and really try and take a fair equitable shot at the mountain west championship and not just say hey let's try and get this non-conference win because it looks good for our program and maybe it helps with recruiting um obviously in the pecking order of goals i think that first and foremost we want to win the commander in chiefs trophy i think everybody says that and having a bye week before army that's awesome um you know just in case i mean even even though i think we're going to be much better than army once again Um, It's still nice to have that little rest before we have to go play them. Um, So across the board, I am really, really excited about the schedule. And obviously, we had some big losses um, with Kyle Johnson 
and with Mo Fafita. So I, I think our defense, we're going to be missing some guys. There's going to be some younger players who have to come up or not even necessarily younger. Um, a lot of juniors and seniors who didn't get a lot of action. But at the same time, we do have some guys like Lakota Wills and Trey Bug who are going to be getting in who have a ton of experience. So I think it'll be a really nice balance. And then I couldn't feel better uh, about having DJ Hammond and Cade Remsburg on offense. So all in all, I know it feels like football season is, is far away and it feels really uncertain with everything that's going on with COVID. And I know that Clemson had something like 15 players test positive and that's just not a good omen. And there's talks from Kirk Herbstreet and the SEC and all that kind of stuff. But in my mind, I just want to go through this entire summer just just how I normally do. Um, I think it's good for my mental health to basically think that we're going to be playing football and, uh, and yeah, a lot to look forward to. I think it'd be really cool because last year it felt like a, a huge success in a lot of ways with the record that we had. Um, but at the same time, it's just so, it's so brutal to have such a solid season and not come away with the commander in chiefs trophy and then ultimately not even be able to control our fate um in the mountain west and then and then win a cheese bowl so it's kind of like um you know the old adage about having a tie is really how last season felt so i'm hoping for a little bit more success and i think that we're putting our best foot forward with the scheduling yeah i agree with every point you just made there and i think something we saw last year which hopefully now we have in our corner is the week before army came out to colorado springs i'm pretty sure they had an off week i remember talking about yeah. that and and they were uh, a weaker Army team than we were used to seeing in previous years. They obviously still kept it close as it kind of came down to the wire uh, for us, but I think it'll be helpful now for us to have a week off as we kind of travel out there. Another thing that I think is interesting with the Mountain West, and I haven't kept up too much on it lately as things have started to reopen, but I remember when coronavirus was really kind of taking things down and all the sports leagues were canceling, a lot of the Mountain West teams were talking about potentially not having any students on campus, including uh, any of their football teams. I know Fresno State was one of them. Uh, a lot of the Western Coast schools with uh, the states that are maybe a little bit more stringent on lockdown. So maybe for all we know, all we have to do is beat Utah State and Nevada and we'll win the Mountain West. Who knows? That's super interesting. That's something I didn't even consider. And, and we didn't even talk about that beforehand. But um, yeah, I, I think it's really seeing how, because to me, you have it's interesting to see how much control that the conferences actually have. And I know that there, another thing that came out a few weeks ago was that the mountain West said that they were going to due to budget cuts, eliminate um, a lot of the tournaments for various sports. I don't think they will do that for the championship game, but if you're thinking about maybe smaller sports or less funded sports, I don't know what that could look like, whether it be volleyball, swimming, um, even potentially baseball, I don't, I don't think they would get rid of basketball or the football championship game, but we'd have to see. So I think there's just a ton up in the air, and I think they're going to be kind of trying to make last-minute decisions, but I just I – can't, I can't do this year without football. I think we need it after this entire year. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we, uh, we at least get to see games like normal. Obviously, everything else might be a little bit different, but – if I can sit on my couch on Saturdays and watch the uh, Falcons get after it, then that'll make me happy. But hopefully they can find a way to do it that is all-encompassing where it's not too much of a pain for everybody involved. Another thing in the academy football realm is uh, Isaiah Sanders. So 
previous backup. He got a fair amount of time, obviously, as a backup, splitting with DJ Hamlin on a few occasions, which we were scratching our heads about sometimes. But he always tended to uh, do pretty good. Um, is now in graduate school, I believe, at Stanford. And I think you know a little bit more about it than I do. But long story short, looks like he's now fighting for a backup quarterback position at Stanford in his fifth year as a graduate student. First thing, when I thought I read this is, uh, I'm not going to lie, I've been out of the football brain for a while. So I forgot that Isaiah even graduated. And I was thinking that he he transferred on us over to Stanford and somehow mid-year made that happen. So I don't know. Um, it was cool to see, though. Obviously, it's a super good school. Um, Isaiah has been nothing but, you know, upstanding for the academy. He does a lot of great stuff over there, and he, he also shows that on the football team. Yeah, they, it was actually him and Kyle Johnson, who was another uh, – Kyle Johnson was a senior linebacker who graduated this year. And both of them were entering the graduate transfer portal, which was pretty interesting because it's never actually happened before out of the academy. And so – it was a balance. I can't remember if we talked about this on our last podcast because I think it, the idea was coming out, um, but it was so long ago, whatever. But anyway, um, so I think that what had to happen was they had to strike a balance, both of them, between a school that is good enough academically to you know, go to and get a graduate degree and also be a good enough football school that it's really worth your time even, even suiting up and playing on Saturdays. And I legitimately cannot think of a better school than Stanford for Isaiah Sanders and that, um, in that exact idea. Like you're moving up to a power five school. And then also, I mean, Stanford is off the charts ridiculous when it comes to academics. So it's, it is just so cool. Unfortunately, Kyle Johnson, um, I say unfortunately, I mean, this is selfish because I want to watch him play football, but, um, Kyle Johnson is going to Harvard and I don't know if, he even really tried necessarily, or if it's Ivy League rules, because the Ivy League um, has a lot of funky rules about transfers and that kind of thing. But as far as I know, he will not be playing. Um, but I mean, he's going to grad school at Harvard, so it is what it is. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Super cool story. Um, pretty unprecedented for somebody out of the Air Force Academy. Um, potentially, it might even be the first one out of any service academy that I've heard of, but for him to even have that opportunity to fight for a backup spot at a power five school like that. And I don't know how long he's known about this or how long this has been in the works for, but it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Anytime we get uh, graduates, not only getting to play football continuously, but also doing it at schools that would be impressive for anybody. It's obviously going to be some good PR for uh, all the graduates and everybody involved. Uh, something I don't even know if we talked about on the previous podcast, but I, maybe we did. Again, I, I can't even remember when it was, but uh, that I think is worthy of bringing up is just kind of paying some recognition to a lot of the uh, seniors that were playing spring sports, and even some of the winter sports uh, where their seasons got, got cut short. Um, all those spring sports, I mean, they were obviously prior to any playoffs going underneath or anything like that. Uh, and having their season cut short after putting in years of work to get there, including all their time in high school, all their time prior, uh, you kind of are building up unless you're going to play pro, which is not many people from the academy and not many sports. Um, those are years and years, you know, 20 plus years of practicing a sport to get to your senior year in college, which is really when you're going to be able to put on um, your best showcase. And for their seasons, just to get cut, cut short, my kind of, uh, you know, I, I just feel for that because they put in all that time and then due to something that nobody could control, 
they kind of have that taken from them. So obviously, you know, at the end of the day, they still got to graduate from the academy relatively on time, actually a little bit early. But I just did want to bring that up and, and hopefully uh, they found some some solace in that afterward. Yeah, man, that that really sucked. And it, like you said, kind of unexpected. It was um, like hockey and, and I know basketball had already ended, but like baseball and, and tennis and things like that. So I, I do wonder if any of them are going to take advantage of the NCAA, if there's any who are going to graduate school in other sports who would be able to get a year of eligibility or if they would even feel like it's worth their time. But there's at least something to consider for, for maybe a few athletes out there. But yeah, I can't even imagine that. Like, it's just, the whole thing is weird times. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of these athletes, it, it felt like a really unsatisfying end to their careers. So I agree with you. Thoughts out to them. All right. Moving away from football, unless you have any other things or any other, uh, thoughts on academy sports well the only thing i did want to say this is kind of cool um it, sports are starting to slowly come back so like right now i'm actually watching um premier league soccer and there's no fans but i think they're pumping in crowd noise which is kind of weird something i feel like they would do at a a hall briefing or something uh but tom whitney who is a usafa grad played golf um, had an incredible career in the Armed Forces Golf Championships while he was on active duty. Um, he has been a professional golfer since he basically got out of the Air Force and has kind of gone up and down and has gotten really, really close to playing on the full-fledged PGA Tour. But right now he's playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. And if you're not familiar with what that is, um, I don't want to call it minor league because you're not really stuck in that system. Like you can move up. And there's a big opportunity to move up, but it is just one step below basically uh, the PGA Tour. And he has now made two cuts um, in the first two tournaments that were back. He did one at TPC Sawgrass last week. And then this week in St. Augustine, Florida, he made it again. And that is very good for um, being able to hopefully get a PGA Tour card. Uh, just keep plugging along week after week. But to have sports a little, little bit back, and to have a service academy graduate and an Air Force Academy graduate at that doing it, it's awesome to see. So if you have a chance to track it down, they haven't been showing a lot of it on uh, Golf Channel or anything like that. But at least keep an eye out if you want to get a little bit of a of a Falcon sports fix. So what does he have to do going forward to make it into the main? I'm, I'm obviously a golf novice. I, I know nothing about uh, the actual pro league. What does he have to do to actually get his you know, into a PGA tournament like you would see on TV with Tiger and all those guys? Yeah, so he's played in a couple of tournaments, and there's different ways of getting in. So you get exemptions, and you can get sponsors' exemptions. Um, you can Monday qualify in tournaments, which is where you go play in a Monday round, and they give one or two slots to the, the players who do the best. And so he's done things like that in the past, but to get an actual tour card, um, he has to finish in the order of merit on uh, the Corn Ferry Tour, as it's called. And basically, what's important about that is is more or less if you win and then you make enough cuts, um, then you're going to be in that in that high enough order of merit. Um, but at a minimum, right now, it it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to win. Um, and sometimes just making enough consistent cuts and, and getting high enough uh, on the leaderboard each week is good enough. And that's really kind of where we're at. It'd be really nice to see him get a win. Um, 
but at a minimum, just plugging away and making cuts is important. And so that's what he's doing and playing all four rounds. And, um, and I think it comes from some experience because he's played on this tour a few years ago when it was the web.com tour. Um, and then he did, he did fairly well on it, but I think it was just having that extra year of experience because after that, the first year that he played on the web.com, he went back down to the PGA tour Latino America. So he went to South America and Central America and played, and he got a win down there and did really well. And it's just important in golf, I think, in professional golf to learn how to win and learn how to win in different scenarios, whether it's holding a wire-to-wire lead or, um, you know, getting out and clawing your way up the leaderboard to get a win. So he ha- now has that experience. And now that he's back up onto the Corn Ferry Tour ranks, I think he just has that experience that he needs. And uh, he's in a really good position to hopefully get a tour card. Nice. We'll have to uh, keep track with track of that, and we talk to him, or at least you know, converse with him back and forth fairly often on social media. So he's definitely a fan of fast, deep, low average. We're a fan of his, and once he makes it to uh, the PGA Tour, and he's partnered up with Tiger, we're going to be sure to have some FNBA gear. Uh, all we're, we'll advertise his bag for. I don't know. We'll, we'll give him like free, uh, free podcast membership where he can listen to these podcasts for free or something like that. Yeah. He doesn't have to pay um, for our new sc- subscription service to see our memes. <laughs> hey, that's, that's money out of our pocket. All right. So you're welcome. You can't, yeah. You can't put a price on, on the meme quality. <laughs> all right. Let's go to something that both of us love talking about. And I'm sure most of our listeners are really interested in hearing about, but uh, we talked about sports. We talked a little bit about military. So now let's talk about academics at the academy because who doesn't want to do that? Um, doesn't bring back any bad memories at all. And I know Kamish has been dying for this to happen. He's been just he's been emailing the dean on a daily basis saying we need uh, data science to be a legitimate major at the academy. And finally, his dreams have come true. So the academy has announced uh, that they have, are throwing a new major into the mix called data science. I don't know what that means, but you made it happen. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I would really like it to be called the data science major brought to you by FMBA. But um, if we can't get that, I'm happy enough just having it. Yeah, I don't really know what it is uh, necessarily. But to me, data science, that sounds like a statistics kind of thing. So maybe like a sabermetrics major. Um, And I really like that because if we can get somebody i would imagine that the head of the data science department would be troy calhoun because you know he knows all it would be the kind of person who knows all about oh should we go for it on fourth down um should we be running the clock out right now and and i really like that so maybe the department head is troy calhoun and then frank saratore would be um like one of the permanent professors that kind of thing yeah and they could look at like you know how many if my if my players or the students take this amount of free chocolate milk from Mitch's, will that increase his bench press by five pounds this quarter? Like it's, yeah, it's exactly. just things like that that they're trying to figure out. But apparently, Forbes has recently ranked a data scientist as the best job in America for three years in a row. So I don't know if they just mean that it, they meant to say like college football head coach is the best job in America, or if it's actually a separate thing that you can do outside of football. Yeah, I have no idea how they would get that at all because I would say I've watched like uh what's the name of that show? Unwrapped 
And there are people who are like chicken nugget scientists. And you would have to think that that's a way better job than a data scientist. Or like even being like the hydration specialist, like the Blue Bull or Sarah Bertles. Um, shout out to them. I would say that those are much better jobs than being a data scientist. But maybe you just get like a, to me, the best job is the one that you get paid the most to do the least amount of work. That's the best job. So they must just do absolutely nothing and get paid a get paid buckets of cash <laughs> yeah apparently they'll be working in the air sport air force and the space force going forward um so i don't really know what data they really need to do science on in the air in the air or in the space but maybe that's just part of the gig you just kind of get the title you sit back people ask your opinion you crunch some numbers on an excel spreadsheet and then that's really all you need to do so shout out to the I'm new data majors I actually, I am, I'm going to switch my tune up a little bit. I am a little bummed out that this is a major because I guess prior to having this major, anybody could call themselves a data scientist. Like I was like literally on this podcast, I was looking at the schedule for the Air Force football team. And, and does that make me a data scientist? I think by proxy. Like I was looking at the data of the schedule and I was putting some science on it. So that makes me a data scientist in my mind. But now that I don't have a major, like I'm, I'm not a data scientist. Sucks. Maybe the academy will let you go back and and get your uh, an additional major in data science because they they're gonna have to bulk up their graduates who have gotten this degree to make it legitimate. Like you can't just have you know everybody now get the degrees and then hope that they do something good with their lives. If you got it, they could be like, look, co-founder of Fascinate Below Average. The academy loves these guys. They're never controversial at all. Like, look, he's yeah. a data scientist. And look at the meme page that they've developed. That's all data science right there. Yeah. I mean, what we do is we take data and we synthesize it into um, stock photo images and then we put text over it. That's really all it is. I, I agree with you, though. I think that it would be hard for me to, to get data scientists added to my diploma because I just don't think there's enough room because it already says uh, Aero Astro Arabic uh, triple major with a minor in German and physics. So like, I just logistically don't know how, how they're going to fit it on there. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I do expect you to see, I do expect to see you on the front page of checkpoints uh, next month, just talking about, you know, retroactive guy that we retroactively gave this major to, and, and it'll be interesting to see what you do with it. Yeah. Data science. How many yards after the catch did Gerard Sanders have last year? Well, he was number yeah. one in the NCAA. That's, that's data science. Pinky to thumb. How big are Lakota Will's hands? That's data science. Yeah, exactly. And how much of a jersey can he grab with that to be able to take somebody down one-handed? It's like... Yeah. So I guess this is... Yeah, this is our way of saying that we will be uh, guest lecturing in this major, I'm sure, very soon. <laughs> so as you can see here, we currently on Instagram have 13,000 followers. What this chart's going to show you is that if we mention peeing in the sink, it's going to have a 40% increase in likes versus your average meme uh, that doesn't include peeing in the sink. Yeah, exactly. Peeing in the sink is relatable. And I thought <laughs> that it was only to the male population, but apparently it's not, and that's horrifying. <laughs> hey, we don't discriminate, man. No, That's we a don't. lot more. That's got to be way more work than walking down the, the hallway to the bathroom. But, hey, if, if that's what you're into, then go for it. You know what I was thinking 
one of the biggest things about uh, using the sink as a urinal is I think it's because of the lighting. And I know that they turn down the lights a little bit at night, but if they really got some mood lighting, I think it would do a lot better on the sink plumbing in the rooms. If they got some, like, maybe some nice low lights, some, like, black lights or something. Dude, it's like, I think that if, would you go, if you go to a nice restaurant or even, like, a low-key bar, and I can actually picture a few of them right now in my brain of just super nice bathrooms. And there's not a whole lot they do to it. Like you said, you set the lighting at the right aspect. You keep it clean. Maybe the doors are, like, those big metal doors that, you know, you feel very secure when you're in there. If I, and I enjoy the experience of I'll walk an extra 20 yards versus going in the sink, I'll put on my bathrobe versus just stay in my boxers in my room. So yeah, I think a little bit of money here and there, and maybe, I don't know if on the off occasion have toilets that work and aren't covered in a garbage bag, then I'd be happy to walk down the hallway. I think what you're referring to those places with good mood lighting is probably Applebee's. So if our CE department were to link up with Applebee's, I think we could really make something special happen. Yeah, or at least let it make let us make the bathroom our own. You know, it's like where you go in bathrooms and they have pictures all over the wall, and it's just kind of funny, and people draw stuff on it. Maybe that's another thing that we could do. Yeah, dry erase boards on all the urinals. I don't think that's too much to ask. Um, no. That's all I really have for today's episode. We knocked out about 40 minutes, so we're just kind of getting back in the groove of it. We say this every time, but... We really do enjoy this, and we're going to try and get into a little bit more of a rhythm. Maybe if we keep them just a little bit shorter, it'll be kind of better for everybody, Uh, maybe just under an hour. But who knows? Maybe we'll go off the rails and do another hour and a half episode one of these days. Uh, Kamish, do you have anything to add before we kind of close up shop? Um, Yeah, not really. I agree with you. I think what happens is is we get fired up, uh, get out a new episode, and then realize, wow, that was kind of a lot of effort, and then we stop. So we reattack it again with a new plan. And I think shortening the episodes will be helpful. Um, and so, yeah, I completely agree, but this was fun. Hopefully we can get some more news. Um, send us some DMS. If you want us to talk about something, if you want to plug the, uh, actually, since you basically took over hosting duties, I will plug the website today. Go to fastmeetbelowaverage.com, but you're not going to spell it with average as in A V E R A G E. I spelled that right. You're going to sell it fast, neat, below average with fast, neat, below avg.com. And if that wasn't confusing, then you can probably just Google us and go to the website. And if you go on there, guess what, folks? Football is eventually going to come back. And you don't want to be one of those guys who sends us an email or a DM and says, uh, hey, I'm actually leaving for my trip in 20 minutes. Do you think you can get a flag to me? Because the answer is generally going to be no. And notice I said guys because it's usually men. The, uh, the ladies, they're usually pretty smart and they get their stuff ordered uh, way beforehand with enough time to get it ordered to them or to get it shipped to them. So go there, check out what we have. We got some pretty sweet t-shirts. Uh, we've got flags, we've got koozies, we've got all sorts of stuff um, for your FMBA pleasure. The only disclaimer right now is that most of the apparel could take, it could take just shy of two months to be shipped. The coronavirus is hurting all of us, so. Um, yeah, we there. yeah we do use a a third party shipping company and and production company and they do a really phenomenal job. Um, but just with Corona um, virus and everything that's going on, it is taking a little bit of time. But feel free to to send us a message if you're concerned about your shipment. 
and we want to make sure that everybody is happy with their orders. Awesome. Well, it was fun. Um, we're going to analyze this data once it comes out and try and figure out the best way to go about doing this again. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Bye. So, yeah, I can be a pilot at the Air Force Academy. I can be anything. Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful blue line. You have some grit. You have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can put down all areas of life. That's just the way you got to compete. Welcome to Thin Air.